Our pre-draft work on the tight end position has come to a close, which means it's time to put the entire position under the scope of how we would rank the players specifically with their fits for the Dolphins and a deep sleeper to potentially watch on day three. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? It is Kyle Krabs of Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked on Network. Today is Sunday, April 2nd, 2023, and we have completely finished our buildup through the tight end position, which means it's time to unveil the full set of rankings. It is time to unveil what our draft plan would be with the full comprehensive list of day two candidates at the position, and then a potential in case of emergency, let's go get this guy on day three scenario as well that I'm excited to dive into here today on Locked on Dolphins. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. You can find Locked on Dolphins on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We're everywhere and we're going to have podcast shows everywhere because we've started diving into offensive tackles, which was what we're going to get into this week on the show. We did tight ends last week, tackles are this week. Going to be pretty comprehensive build-up to the 2023 NFL Draft, and I'm cool with it. Because if you're not familiar with Locked On Dolphins, I'm Kyle Krabs. I'm a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. I am a 10-year draft Nick, and I am also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast dedicated to team building across the NFL, including the NFL Draft. So, over the course of this past probably nine days, we've done 11 tight ends in total. Uh, the one that we did not discuss in full depth here on the show was Davis Allen, the tight end from Clemson, was also hoping to get to Payne Durham, the tight end from Purdue. We'll probably see if we have time like at the end of this process after we kind of fill out some of the other position groups. But I have my list. I have my go list and my no-go list and the scenario in which each of one of them would be what would be my preferred pathways of action are for the Dolphins. So first we need to identify the haves and the haves nots of the 10 tight ends that we did. We, we spotlighted uh, 10 tight ends intentionally, and I stumbled upon the sleeper that we're going to talk about next. So that's how we got to 11. There's a handful of guys, two in particular, who we did last week that I generally do not believe are in any capacity scheme fit for the Dolphins, and therefore they would be day three additions only in the draft because the value and the upside would be too good to pass up. That is Zach Kuntz of Old Dominion and Luke Musgrave of Oregon State. I do not think either one of those players are scheme fits. Davis Allen is next up on this list. Uh, Davis Allen is someone who uh, reminds me in some cases of Hunter Long, uh, who the Dolphins obviously just traded to the LA Rams as a part of the Jalen Ramsey package. Solid at everything. I don't know that he has a, a trait to hang your hat on. And that's a perfectly fine pathway to being a tight end, too, in the NFL. Uh, but he did not score out in a range in which I would be preferred to draft him on the first two days of the NFL draft at the end of the month. The other seven, in some capacity, are on the go list, right? My no-goes as far as day, th day two selections are Kuntz, Munsgrave, and Davis Allen. You guys who are watching on YouTube, you're in for a treat. 
Because here are the rankings themselves. My tight end one, Darnell Washington. My tight end two is Dalton Kincaid from Utah. My tight end three is Sam Laporta. Of course, all of these players got full comprehensive spotlights throughout the course of the past week on the show. Michael Mayer from Notre Dame is my fourth tight end. Tied for fifth is Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan and Tucker Craft from South Dakota State. And Brenton Strange is tight end seven from Penn State. I have a pathway to drafting each one of these players. Um, And here's where the field starts to whittle a little bit. My expectation and guess is that Darnell Washington and Dalton Kincaid are not organically on the board at 51. If Dalton Kincaid happened to be there, I'd turn a card in with Dalton Kincaid's name on it If as long as Darnell Washington wasn't in-house as well. I would strongly consider trading up from 51 to go get Darnell Washington, depending on the runs at other positions that happen. I think everything from tight end three down in these rankings has a feasible chance of being on the board when the Dolphins make their selection. Obviously, Michael Mayer has a ton of first-round buzz. I get why that's the case. I think he scores a little bit lower for the Dolphins' specific wants and needs at the position as we are projecting them throughout this thought exercise, and that's why he's tied in four. So I effectively have, out of these seven names that are, are go names for day two, I have four tiers. Guys who probably won't be there, Darnell Washington and Dalton Kincaid. Guys I would draft at 51 if they were available, no questions asked. Sam Laporta and Michael Mayer. Guys that I would draft if available at 84, no questions asked. Luke Schoonmaker and Tucker Craft. That's tier three at the tight end position. And tier four of the tight end position is Brenton Strange, in case of emergency, break glass, draft this player if you feel you have to get a day two contributor who would contribute to your roster and you can't move out of your spot at 84. I'd prefer not to draft Brenton Strange at 84. I don't think that's a particularly good value in the grand scheme of the NFL draft and the exercise that it is in general. But if you got stuck and you needed a tight end because you went running back or offensive lineman or linebacker at 51, and all of a sudden the six tight ends that are graded in front of them in this exercise are off the board and you can't move out, you could probably justify drafting and adding Brenton Strange to the tight end room. Thought it was fun to see how the grades break out for these guys, too. Uh, you have a very definitive Tier 1 um, with Darnell Washington and Dalton Kincaid. This was out of 100 points. Uh, Washington was effectively a 93. Kincaid was a ni- an 89. Uh, Laporta an 85. Mayer an 82. And then a very tightly bunched group of guys that are in the if 84 draft or in case of emergency break glass here group i like this room a lot i like this this group of candidates and i like the flexibility that it affords you so while i do think right now the dolphins are probably painted into a corner a little bit as far as needing a tight end i don't think the anticipated run on the position or the options available paints the Dolphins in a corner where they're in a problematic spot as things currently stand. Let's just make sure we prioritize it to the best of our ability. Before we go any further, we got a deep sleeper. That is the, hey, if 
if, if the whole campaign to add a tight end goes nuclear, uh, we do have an option for somebody that I would absolutely positively pound the table for on day three. We're going to talk about him in just a minute, but before we do, we're talking about team building. We're talking about the draft. You've heard us talk about this mobile game app, the Ultimate Football GM game. If you've ever thought that you would be a good general manager and decision maker, you have to give this game a try. Like, seriously, I am not so subtly addicted to playing Ultimate Football GM. It's a great way to burn 15 minutes and go through a season, or you might drop two hours, and next thing you know, you look down, and and you are a decade further in than you thought you were. So uh, you control and manage every strategic aspect of your team to play through seasons and lead your team to glory by trying to hire the right coaches and coordinators, manage all the finances, negotiate player salaries and terms, navigate your franchise through free agency, the draft itself, player personnel issues, and the ups and downs of season – all in a realistic and challenging game world. Ultimate Football GM is ultimately free, playable offline, so you can play on the go when you want to as well. Locked On Dolphins listeners can receive a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That is Locked On in all caps in the game store, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores, ultimate-gm.com. Start your dynasty today. Before we get to the deep sleeper two, uh, we're trying something new here on Locked on Dolphins. I I have a lot of, I'm I'm very much a organized notes and sheets set of person. I have a lot of databases. I've done a lot of like special projects with the Dolphins and uh, including building out a Dolphin specific draft board. And uh, one of the things that that I want to try to do is we continue to grow our are, um, what's the right word, community here on Locked On Dolphins. So I want to be more engaged with you guys, and I want to pull back the curtain in certain cases for you guys. And, and that's why we're trying something with subtext. So subtext is an opportunity for you all uh, to engage directly with me, text directly with me, and uh, you can text a number, 305-419-3924, to sign up for subtext, and get a chance to talk Dolphins with me throughout your day, get a chance to have the curtain peeled back to see some of these draft notes, some of these positional rankings, our our total comprehensive big board, kind of get some of the content ahead of us talking through the content here on the show. So that's a pretty cool opportunity. It's something that we're trying. I would kindly encourage you guys to consider if you love Locked On Dolphins, you want to be able to talk Dolphins football with me. That is 305-419-3924 to talk Dolphins and sign up for subtext. So or deep sleeper. <laughs> I was watching Luke Schoonmaker, and this dude took over the film study as a player who's caught one pass for 10 yards in his entire college career. His name is Joel Honigford. He's a redshirt senior from the University of Michigan. 6050, so six foot five on the dot, 260 pounds, 32 inch arms, and nine and five eight inch hands. He's a former four-star offensive tackle recruit to Michigan. He's a high school basketball player, pretty athletic dude. He spent his first three seasons at Michigan as an offensive tackle before converting and cutting weight to play tight end starting full-time in 2021. This dude will block your rear end into the bleachers. He will kick your butt. 
I was smitten. And this is how you know that I'm like the total quintessential football dork that I tell you guys that I am in that like Luke Schoomaker catching chunk gains and crossing patterns and sitting down and, and breaking a tackle after catch, even though that's not really the true strengths of his game. Like that's all fine and dandy, but I'm sitting here hoping that Michigan gets into the red zone. So they get their short yardage package on the field. So I could see number 84 lined up in line and taking some dude's soul out behind the woodshed. And he did it again and again and again and again and again. And look, I, I mean, I, I was with draft network through March and we divided the country when I was there into regions uh, with the objective of kind of dividing and conquering the uh, the country. And anybody who watched Michigan, Honigford didn't come up spontaneously. He didn't have a combine invite. I had to get his pro day numbers. And he, he runs about a 4-9 in the 40-yard dash. And he's modestly athletic for a tight end. He's probably an average to, to marginally below average athlete at the tight end position. But if you need a guy to play in line, if you need a guy to block, you need a guy to pass pro. He's pass proing against Zach Harrison, who's going to be a mid-round pick and was former like number one overall recruit at Ohio State in one-on-one situations. You're watching him turn guys out in the uh, college football playoff contest and win the point of attack incessantly. I can't tell you how many times they ran gap concepts directly off his rear end. Joel Honingford. Round six, round seven. That's a guy you want to go out and find. Because that guy has a very defined role at the NFL level that is a specialized skill set that the Dolphins currently do not have a specialized skill set at. I would pound the table and, and you know, there's, we pounded the table for Darnell Washington. There's guys that are ranked above Joel Honingford that are going to be meaningful NFL players. But if it really, really boiled down to it, if you ask me where my passion is to pound the table for this player to be added to the Dolphins roster relative to the cost to go get them and what the opportunity cost is to add to other positions, you, I could very feasibly say, I think the Dolphins have an argument to be made that you can sign another veteran tight end for a million dollars or $1.5 million, and it's a marginal salary cap ad versus what the 51st player on the roster is right now. Don't draft the tight end on day two. Draft Joel Honingford in the sixth round and roll with that tight end group and use the day two picks at other spots. That Again, that's the game of the draft, is opportunity cost, and what's the best combination and selections that you can anticipate you're going to be able to pull at any given juncture. Honingford can play. He's not a pass catcher, and I could not care less, because between the wide receivers you got on the outside and the backs in the backfield, you got plenty of targets to catch football. I don't need my tight end to have 80 targets a year. I need my tight end to move that five-tech on a double team up into the lap of the stack backer and win the point of attack so I can run the damn ball on third and two. And he does it. Number 84 for Michigan, Joel Honingford. Check it out. Sleeper. Pound the table for this guy big time. I think he can absolutely play at the NFL level. It reminds me last year of Kokeift. 
if you remember Coke Heifke or not, Coke Heifke got drafted on late day three to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he played at Minnesota. He was the other Minnesota tight end and was a blocking specialist and got himself drafted. And the Bucs drafted like Kate Otten in the third round. They brought in Kyle Rudolph. They brought in Coke Heifke. And Coke Heifke, when he was on the field, was the best blocker out of all of them. Now you're kind of tipping your hand on what you're planning to do, but I'd live, especially with the speed and spacing issues that the Dolphin speed receivers have, I'd live in a world in which I'd have the blocking tight end out there and I'd, I'd have six-man blocking services as protection and let you think that I'm going to run the ball. That's fine. With the speed that the Dolphins have, they could still instill spacing challenges to defenses without having to have an extra player to space the field from a passing concepts and routes distribution as well. So food for thought. Joel Honingford, big man crush here on Locked On Dolphins. Uh, we're going to finish by talking a little bit about scheme impact on the rankings. Uh, because these rankings are not flush with the standard draftnik rankings. And we're going to talk about the challenges that that presents and, and where the Dolphins scheme itself is pretty unique. And that's how we're going to close this uh, recap of the tight end position here on Locked On Dolphins. If I had to guess, Luke Musgrave goes in the second round. Luke Musgrave's probably, if I had to guess, be top 50 pick. He's 10th out of 11 tight ends that I have graded for the Dolphins. If I had to guess, Zach Kuntz, who's 11th out of 11 tight ends graded for the Dolphins, uh, is probably a fourth or fifth round draft selection. This is where you have to know your enemy a little bit because if you look across the league to all 32 teams, the distribution of what traits are most important and what personnel people are looking for in certain positions, it varies across all 32, right? There's, who said it? Was it, I don't remember who it was. Somebody on social media was talking about uh, coaching in general. And he said that the, the quote was, there's no right way, there's no wrong way, there's our way, right? And that's the really gray area part about the league in general is there is no right way to build a team. There is no right way to run an offense. There is no right way to construct a roster. All of these different ideologies blending together in conflict with one another, with the uh, challenge of lack of job stability across the league in general and the urgency to win uh, is the never-ending battle that every personnel group has to be able to reconcile is if you don't win, it doesn't matter how good your process is, right? So you could maybe hear me say Luke Musgrave is my 10th rate tight end out of 11 tight ends and say that's bad process. But if I'm applying it through who the Dolphins want to be, it's the, just the dissonance. And that, that's why how Mike Kosecki Mike can earn himself the franchise tag and catch a bunch of passes for 800 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. 
and then hit the open market and is worth one for four and a half. And that's how Mike McDaniel can come in. And the most rely, arguably the most reliable pass catcher the Dolphins have had for the past three seasons magically is a fringe piece of the offense. Doesn't mean Mike McDaniel didn't know how to use Mike Gusecki. So for these tight ends, like there's just a, a dissonance between what the player does well and what the system asks players in those roles to do. And that's where you get to when, when people talk about generational talents. Generational talents are scheme transcendent players. And it doesn't matter whether you're running Earhart Perkins or West Coast. That player is going to shine no matter what. You could airdrop them into any of the 32 situations across the league. I think Darnell Washington can be that. I think Dalton Kincaid has the potential to be that. And that's really, those are the two for me that as I have gone through this process and finalized my thoughts, those are the two that I think can be cornerstone players in the NFL. And when we talk about roster cornerstones, that's important context because the Dolphins roster right now has more roster cornerstones on it than it's had in about 20, 25 years. The challenge is, can you find another one but get them on a deal that's cheap because it's a rookie contract. That is currently the holy grail for the Dolphins. Find another roster cornerstone caliber player that can be added to the mix, but is not on a second contract, and you get a four-slash-five-year runway. That's the dream. Some some teams might look at Luke Musgrave and say that's a, a cornerstone type of talent. I, in a vacuum, would say he has the potential to be a quality starter. I wouldn't quite give him the cornerstone ceiling, but if your traits are different, perhaps you feel he could get there. I say all this because as we set the table for some of these other positions, you might be surprised how the top players at tight end rank against other players at other positions. I've already done the evaluations on the big hitters, the consensus first-round players at the offensive tackle position, those pet players being Paris Johnson, DeWan Jones, both from Ohio State, Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern, Roderick Jones from Georgia. I've done Darnell White from Tennessee. Those five guys are generally considered to be locked and loaded first-round offensive tackles. We're not going to do a whole show on each one of those players individually because they're not in the strike zone for the Dolphins. They're definitively not in the strike zone for the Dolphins. Most of them are going to be top 20 picks. And maybe Darnell Washington will be too, and we'll sit here and we'll laugh about how we spent all this time talking about Darnell Washington. But there's more than one tight end at the top of these charts that stacks higher on my Dolphins-specific board than grading the tackles against my Dolphins-specific needs for the, top, for the offensive tackle position. This is not going to look like Daniel Jeremiah or Jordan Reed at ESPN or what Kyle Krabs of Draft Network back when he was there, what those big board rankings would have looked like because it's through the lens of the Dolphins. And that's why I'm so excited for this content because it's fresh content. It's new. It's unique. It's um, tailored to the team. So I'm looking forward to that. And you can... Kind of get the peek ahead at a time, as I said, you know, with the subtext community that we're starting up, 305 
419-3924. You can text in and opt in and be able to see behind the scenes and get some additional inside intel on our draft process here with Locked On Dolphins. You can talk Dolphins with me whenever you would like to. It's a great opportunity, just as listening to this show is a great opportunity. So make sure you hit subscribe. You can find Locked On Dolphins on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I really appreciate you guys making this a part of your daily routine because we are your team every day here on the Locked On Network. That is going to do it for this Sunday episode of the show. Hitting the ground running tomorrow with some offensive tackles. So plan accordingly. We're going to have ourselves a good time. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Peace.